Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hope you guys are all doing well. I'm Robbie Leonio, Carl Pavlik of FiverHowling.com. Joining us this week uh, for uh, quite a few episodes today. Uh, we'll see how, how things go from this. Uh, it is at least at the day of this recording, or that at least you guys are probably first hearing this. It's Monday, June 7th. Um, we're already in the month of June. How, how do you get here, Paul? Uh, honestly, I have no clue. Time, uh, for the longest time, I think for everyone, has been pretty shaky. Uh, the The regular season ended a couple weeks ago, but it feels like it's been no time, and yet all of the time since then, uh, since we last saw the Coyotes play. Yeah, it's. It, I feel like so... It was, it's been about what, three, four weeks. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Th- yeah. Four weeks since, uh, talk is, was announced to be not no longer since- coach. Not sure the West Pern because he wasn't fired because his contract ends at the end of this month and they're yeah. just going to let it expire. Uh, it said. was like, they've mutually agreed to part ways or something, which I think is probably like, because we've seen that Tockett's been interviewing with places, uh, New York, Seattle, and Columbus. Columbus. So I'm guessing it was, like, hey, you can talk to people now. Uh, there's probably like a pay element to, to it. Um, so he wasn't fired and he's free to explore his own options. And hopefully he, he finds a spot. Um, I did. I uh, think that Tockett, by the end, my opinion of Tockett had kind of evolved to the point where I'm like, he's good in a lot of areas, but he has some weaknesses that I don't think aligned well with the Coyotes. But I think he could do really good for a team that, you know, can play to his strengths. Yeah, I, I was I was talking to uh, to uh, Jay, the host of, uh, of Lockdown Blue Jackets, that, you know, this was a, a couple of days after um craig morgan uh made the report that you know Tonkett was talking with columbus so i went on his podcast and uh, i was like he, he was trying to ask me uh, you know all the you know the the style of rick Tonkett and you know what worked with, with with the coyotes and i was like uh well he's a tougher coach in terms of like he likes to play the tougher style and you know and i had to give him as much credit as i can for being a coach that squeezed as much talent as he could out of a Coyotes roster that did not have that much talent. It was definitely like we saw it a lot with Tippett back in the back when I first started writing on Five for Howling, where the roster really wasn't there and he was getting the most out of it. And I will say this: when when the system that Tockett like preached was working. Like the games where the Coyotes were able to like successfully execute it, they were dominant and it looked great. But 
for whatever reason, that was just like very infrequent. Um, whether you think that he didn't have the players to successfully play that system or whether you think that the team wasn't able to play in that system like long term like if my my thing always was if you score early on the coyotes they're mentally like shaken and they don't trust that system enough to go into it successfully um and that's kind of because i think it goes because I, I think it goes with the whole, you know, the Coyotes try to be a defensive, a little more of a, on a defensive team. And we, we could tell that. It's just a team that doesn't put shots on. Um, that Like, you're not going to expect a, the Coyotes to ever put, you know, 40 shots, 50 shots on a game. It's just not going to happen. Um, and meanwhile, <laughs> like, you know, you saw, we saw this season having to rely too much on the goaltenders, seeing Darcy Kemper, Antti Ronson, Aiden Hill go for, like – I don't know, however long they can go until they get burnt out. Yeah, it was, that was, like like you're saying, the team's very defensive. I really wish that they had, like, shuffled the goaltenders more so they didn't get burnt out. Um, I, I'm kind of curious if going forward with the next coach, if we see fewer injuries, because I felt like, under Taka especially, like, Ronto was always hurt, and people kind of gave him, like, he developed that kind of reputation as being injury-prone. But we've seen Kemper get some, like, pretty significant injuries. Um, and it's kind of interesting to see if that's going to continue, uh, in which case the team may want to start shifting its attention to Aiden Hill. And I think that's going to be that that's going to be definitely a huge focus coming up. You know, uh, with uh, Rand's contract expiring and uh, Hill being the uh, de facto number two, obviously there's that decision of what the Coyotes need to do and to make sure that Hill also is pseudo protected. And as we get ready for the expansion oh, yeah. draft, which. So, yeah. that's another problem. I mean, the the actual draft happened very recently. And I don't know about you. Yeah, well, the, the draft, draft lottery. lottery did. Uh, I wasn't even paying attention to that because the Coyotes don't have well, a yeah, pick. Well, no, because... Well, what the funny thing is, to those who didn't follow it because they knew the Coyotes wouldn't get a pick, whatever, the Coyotes technically had a ball in that yeah. lottery machine. Uh, and... They had a rule that if the Coyotes, for some reason, got the number one pick, they would just draw it again. It, and how how painful is that? Like, just to think, it's like, oh man, like the like the, the, the like the one year that they could have done it. Obviously, we know we didn't, but the one year they could have done it, just oh, uh, I, I absolutely believe if that had happened, like if the Coyotes had gotten like the number one pick. Three years from now, the GM would have just awarded the Coyotes the number one overall pick. That seems like one of those decisions that the NHL reverses because, like, this was dumb. Uh, although, with this season, we've seen just a lot of dumb NHL decisions. So, who knows? I found it hilarious because I was Team Chaos. I was like, yes, make them redraw. I want to see that. Hell, make them redraw, have the Coyotes get it a second time. It'd be like, I don't know what to do. 
that that would have been just super like I, I had the other hosts in a group chat on the uh on, on twitter just like a co- well, at least a couple of them they were like they were teasing me it's like it's like so, someone go uh someone go ma- make sure they're okay because uh we that, that's just chaos we don't want we don't want that to happen. like that's see that's ridiculous. i have watched the nhl long enough that it's like okay the stupidest thing that's that's the thing that's going to happen like i remember Edmonton winning the Connor McDavid draft was at the time just hilariously awful. Uh, it it spawned that whole Connor McDavid sad meme at the draft, uh, and I am always rooting for just things to reveal itself as how stupid the NHL can be sometimes, and I love it. I love it so much. Absolutely. There's a lot of a lot of things that we missed over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, like you know, at least personally for me, a little pers- a little bit of uh, um, it's the best way to describe it. I guess just some uh, decompress. Yeah, you. That's what you said before we went, we went uh, on the recording. Some decompression time after this after this uh, season, because um, again, as you were as you and I were talking before recording, is covering this coyotes team is mentally exhausting so after the season's done you want a couple weeks off it is it is rough because you are always prepared for off ice drama and then just on ice disappointments so it's just continuous like there's always going to be something wrong when you're covering the coyotes and if there's not you're expecting it to happen eventually uh, I oftentimes, when the Coyotes, like, start collapsing three-quarters of the way into the season, it's like, oh, this is how things are supposed to be. I feel better. Um, it's just like, yeah, we were clearly overperforming, and now things are back to normal, and I could be satisfied, and that's probably not healthy. No, that's, I mean, that's, the, that, that's just, that's just the wonders of covering the Coyotes. I mean, well, well we can talk to anybody who's, uh, who's helped cover the Coyotes and, you know, any, you know, a friend of the podcast, you know, I can, uh, talk to Alex Kinkoff. He would say the same thing. Craig Morgan, Kat Silverman. I think all of them would be like, yeah, that's the way, that's the way the Coyotes are. The, yeah. the Coyotes are the Coyotes are the type of team where you have to expect that you will see, a shutout streak, a city council meeting, and just a front office um, like chaos situation, all in a single season. And you need to react to the, all of them and be like, okay. And you've experienced all of them too, so it's like this is crazy. But I've also done five things like this before. Um, and that's just like in the moment you're fine, but as soon as it goes quiet, it's just like, oh, I can breathe. And this was all crazy, especially this season. Uh, like in general, I think this was a quieter Coyotes regular season. All of our chaos was like preseason and end of last season slash beginning of playoffs. After time now to decompress, we are back to talk some Coyotes and 
you know, looking at the players and everything like that. We'll get to all that uh, evaluation time time now to uh, take a look back at the season in just a sec. But a couple things that I need to talk to you guys about first is that decades of data show that investors trade, or well, decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. The fact only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're not if you are doing it alone. Team up with Worldfront instead. Worldfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. Worldfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. And best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. Once again, to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H. F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. This episode also brought to you by Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, a tobacco alternatives that don't suck. It has been a research and developed for three years and to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has a nicotine gum with only four milligrams of nicotine. Comes with three flavors: water, uh, winter green, cinnamon, pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with about also about four milligrams of nicotine in three different flavors: cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. Both the lozenges and gum are FSA and HSA eligible. So uh, time to get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is a real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's simple, so you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked on NHL Network listeners, go to lucy.com, sorry, lucy.co and use the promo code Locked on NHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including the gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout. Also, I do have to read the disclaimer, guys, that warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNHL. And we're back here on the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Robbie Leonio, Carl Pavlik of 5 forhowlingcom getting ready to evaluate now the uh, Arizona Coyotes season. Uh, a couple things to take a look at. Um, I, I think let's start with let's start with this, Carl. Uh, let's start with us. I guess talking about what we liked from those certain players. What player players that surprised us? I guess is the best way to put it. That we didn't maybe, maybe you didn't expect to have a good season, had a good season, or that you expected to have a good season and had an even better season than you thought okay um so i think the easiest player to go for for that is connor garland um after last season which really was his like coming out season i was expecting him to be 
good. Um, but he came out as a completely different player, like a much better playmaker than I ever expected him to be. Um, like even last year, I thought he was a bit like one dimensional. Um, he like not in a bad way, but he had his role. He was the guy who would like go hard to the front of the net, the hard worker who got rewarded just through like sheer hard work. And then this year he's like, no, I can set up plays. And it was phenomenal to watch and be like, oh, he is much more of a player than I thought he was going to be. And he is still improving year to year. That is amazing. I think uh, um, I definitely want to get into Connor Garland. I'm gonna, I think you and I need to have a, like a whole episode dedicated to him. This one won't be the case, but this one won't be it. But we'll have a whole dedicated whole episode dedicated to him, breaking down everything he did good, maybe things we want to see him better from, give him a grade. We'll even do that for the rest of the team. Uh, I guess give some player grades for that. But I do agree with you. Connor Garland absolutely is that first guy to think of, of uh, you know guys that you know you know went beyond expectations. Uh, and I just watched this guy. <laughs> He's uh, you know easily one of the best skaters on the ice. I just, like. To see what he does, and he turns, you know, some of the top defensemen in the Swiss cheese, and it's like, how do you do this? Like, especially, like, watching the highlights from the World Championship, like, the moves that he is doing now, it's phenomenal. Especially when, like, I, I think the biggest thing, like, last season was he scored a goal in off his forehead, and then came out and scored another one later that same game. And you're like, okay, that's the kind of player that Connor Garland's going to be. He's going to be right in front of the net. He's going to be like putting his body on the line to make these kind of plays. And he's going to get reward that way. And I, he's still that, but he's also just like, nope, I could also do these other things that you... I don't know if like we just weren't focusing on them or if he wasn't doing them last year. All right, I do remember Craig Morgan had like a great article about him wanting to focus more on that during the off season. So uh, like, it's always fun to look back and be like, was I underestimating this player or has he just improved that much? And I think we're going to be looking at Garland a lot, especially with, his contract coming up because he is a current restricted free agent um, as soon as that rolls over. He is going to get paid. And I think in that episode, a breaking down our player grade for him, uh, we will talk about uh, how much we think he's going to get uh, paid. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. eventually. It's I've, I've talked to people about it and it's like, I don't even know because it's the first Bill Armstrong thing and he has been it. I don't think anyone's really gotten a good vibe on how Bill Armstrong likes to do things. Like we know what a John Chaka Connor Garland contract would have looked like because we have a Christian Dvorak. We have a Jacob Shikrin. We have a Nick Schmaltz. You'd get it'd yeah. be like five million. It'd be like five years at like five million, like, yeah. oh, or like sure. six years for like four and a half. And you're like, okay, yeah, you're giving him term uh, to lower the dollar amount. Cool, that's fine. Just blow past any kind of bridge period. Um, 
and we would have gotten a bunch of op-eds and be like, was this a terrible deal? And then a bunch of people would be like, no, it was, it was a good one. Uh, and I guess uh, to to kind of ride off of that, um, the the next player on my list of players who went beyond expectations oh, is Jacob absolutely. He's like, and look at the contract that he he's been like, we, we like what we have him for another four, uh, what five six years at four million dollars like come <laughs> Jacob Chikrin, it it feels like this year was his coming out party, um, and I think it's also like one of his first years where he hasn't had to deal with an injury since his uh, first year, and he was just phenomenal. Eighteen goals, he would have hit twenty. If this had been a full season, um, he likely would have competed with Oliver Ekman Larson for uh, the team record for goals amongst defensemen at, I believe, was 26 or 23. I can't remember, but I think Jacob Chickering would have challenged for that. Uh, he has just been great. And we have him for another. Four years, average four point six million per year. Yeah, that's a great deal for someone who's been playing as yeah. well as he has. Uh, the the or the Clayton Keller and sometimes Nick Schmoltz deals get a lot of criticism uh, regarding uh, uh, John Jacob signings, but Jacob Chikrin is like okay he knew what he was doing with a lot of these player evaluations. And I know at the time I was like, there's four deals. If two of them hit, then I'm fine with that. Um, and this one has hit like not even bullseye. It's the triple 20, the actual most valuable square in a dartboard. Yeah. I, I look at just the, um, you know, what trick, what Chikrin has done. And uh, it's funny because uh, you know this was I was going back to the con- I'll go I'll go back and reference the conversation I had uh, last week with uh, with Lockdown Blue Jackets, and I was essentially be just like you know um, he wanted to know uh, what 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 would I offer like if I were the, if I were Bill Armstrong what would I offer for Seth Jones and I'm like honestly I don't think the Coyotes need Seth Jones we I mean I, we were like set yeah. defensively. Uh, you know, we have enough money locked out with, with Ekman, Larson, and Chikrin, and obviously the rest are technically UFAs. I mean, the only one they have in the year is the Bushkin, but, you know, but you know, don't need to worry about that because those, t- those two can help shape the defense incredibly. Yeah, you so. can have, uh, I think after this year, it's going to be Chikrin as the top pairing guy and OEL in the second, uh, Bushkin probably third. And you can just get like support players for that. Like, pick just pick any three other kind of rotating defensemen. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll put you there. Like, or, or not even like rotating. Like, I like to think of. I I think OEL plays his best hockey with like just a defensive defenseman. Like whether it's Zabinic McCulloch or Jason Demers before the last two seasons. Like just a guy who don't have him do like any kind of like jumping up into the offense, just good on the back end. And those players, they're not cheap exactly, but 
you can find them and they're not going to be the most expensive. Um, and I think the team could really get that. Um, I'm kind of curious if they think about bringing back Alex Golagoski for a year at a very reduced deal just because Chikrin played so well with him. Maybe, maybe I think, yeah, I think, I think they could. Yeah. It definitely be a significantly reduced deal. I mean, now that, especially at a 35 plus contract, you really have to tread lightly. Like if it's like a one year deal, I think that'd be for the best. And I think, Golagoski, because he's he's had some ups and downs since coming to Arizona. I, th- I I think he would also be very receptive to a deal like that, um, unless he's like really hankering for getting a ring. Um, in which case, Coyotes are probably not going to be the best signing. But if he wants to, you know, no. keep playing with Jacob Chikrin, like we have heard that be a reason to sign before, so that'd be good to have him back. Actually, we'll, we'll just say this. We'll continue the conversation in the uh, the next segment of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. That will be coming up in just a sec. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. You guys know about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Has nineteen delicious, or sorry, nine, nine delicious flavors. Nineteen, uh, you know, maybe including some li- limited time ones that can make it up to nineteen. Uh, when we talk about you know those you know those Built Bars can phenomenal different flavors uh you know the other time the, the, the other week i had uh one of their peanut butter ones as well as their uh their churro puff courtesy of uh the friends at locked on kings and locked on ducks they were uh wonderful to have uh given me a couple of their of uh of their built bars for me to try some of those newer flavors phenomenal guys i i I really mean it when I say these are the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. Um, and the best part is they are amazing in their being that they are low in calorie, high in protein, uh, you know, high in fiber, all the things that you need out of a good protein bar. Go ahead and try it yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar. Dot com. I, I, I just looked. I, I just was. I was looking at uh at cap friendly to see what the Coyotes cap situation is, just in terms of you know what they have to do to pay. They have a lot of cap space, and they have a lot of. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, which is another thing where I people who weren't looking at what John Shaker was doing thought that the team was like screwed and in cap hell. Um, and then this year, like just all of these contracts are coming off the books. Not only is most of the defensive core, but like the Marion Hosa deal is coming off. Like they're going to have a lot of space to make moves if they need to. A lot of, and, and to pay Connor Garland, which we'll, again, we'll talk about when we get, when, uh, when oh, we get yeah. there in that episode. And, and who even knows what that um, is going to be. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Um, that's gonna be fun to break down. I, I can't I can't wait to, uh, for you guys to, to hear that one. Um, we are we already blew past our next break, but uh, before we get to that, let's do one more player who surprised you Ooh, in a good way. In a good way. Um, 
And I, I, I'll, I'll say it. This is not a player that surprised me, but a player who I believed had a really good rebound after a shaky last season. Oh, Phil absolutely, Kessel. yeah. Uh, Phil Kessel had a great bounce back year. Um, he was pretty much being written off after after last year, and he came out and had a twenty goal season and a shortened year, uh, and looked phenomenal. Um, it was great. He is the um, the Professional Hockey Writers Association for Arizona's uh, pick for the Masterton Trophy. Um, Kat Silverman wrote a great article about it, which is on Five for Howling. And I was talking to her, and it's like, yeah, the team didn't really have a lot of options for that specific award. But of everyone there, Phil Kessel with that bounce back year was the obvious choice. Uh, I think he looked absolutely great. Um, much better than he did last year, if nothing else. Yeah, and I think that's what you kind of want to see, especially, you know, when you're you're paying the dude almost $7 million. You're just like, you better hope yeah. something sticks there. And, like, and he's got another year left on that deal. Um, interestingly enough, he came to Arizona to be with Tockett, um, and he's got another year left, and he doesn't have Tockett. So I'm kind of curious to see if he moves on. Uh, interest to follow his coach, which honestly, yeah, maybe. The case. And if he does, he had a great like year. It was like, hey, I can still fit in with your team's plans, which great for him if that's what he's going for. Uh, if he wants to stay here and, and work with a new person and keep hopefully being a leader on the team, then I'm happy to have him. Oh, yeah, there, there we go. So uh, to recap, our three players that uh, that we liked this um, this last season are Phil Kessel, Jacob Chicken, and Connor Garland. No surprise. I think you guys probably, like you listeners, probably would have the same three players. Like I don't think it's any uh, like you can put some honorable mentions in there, guys that came in you know later in the season and maybe had a you know had had a good run, like a Michael Bunting, but. I think we'll get we'll we'll break down you know players like that in a on our player grade episodes. We'll we'll get to that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like um, I could go for like smaller players who like really improved. Like uh, a Christian Fisher, I thought looked much better this year compared to last year, um, and that was a very pleasant surprise. But we can go into that like deeper. But the obvious ones are clearly, I mean, the top three. Coyotes players for points um, who I don't know if anyone would have necessarily expected that to be the case. Uh, like, I don't know if anyone would have expected Phil Kessel to have a 20 goal season uh, for Chikrin to have an 18 goal season or for Connor Garland to have more assists than he did goals this year. That I think was probably the biggest surprise for fans. We'll continue this conversation of Locked On Coyotes in tomorrow's episode. Robbie Leonio, Carl Pavlik of FiveForHowling.com joining us this week. Uh, in the next episode, we will discuss players that disappointed us in a couple ways on top of a few other conversations uh, talking about the Coyotes season. Be sure to tune in all week long. We have a, we have a lot of conversations 
uh, Carl and I have uh, a lot to discuss through this upcoming week. So be sure to stay tuned for Locked On Coyotes. Once again, be sure to uh, give us a follow at Locked On Coyotes. At LO underscore Coyotes is the Twitter handle. At myself, at RobLeania1. And be sure to follow us and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including the all-new Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And uh, again, Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Um, be sure to interact, interact with us, ask us any questions, we can answer them on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. <laughs>